the Yak Legion Podcast, and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm here with Sean Boggs. And uh, we're talking tonight, we're talking bass fishing, man. Bass fishing, bass fishing, bass fishing. And we got the guy to talk to. Sean uh, on the Strictly Sale team. Uh, he's done many seminars at Bass Pro Shops, um, Strictly Sale, a couple other places, man. Very knowledgeable guy. I'm uh, excited to have him on the show tonight. Uh, how's it going, Sean? It's going good. How are you? Oh, pretty good, man. Excited to talk to you. Uh, how's your weekend been? Oh, man, it's been full of fish and smiles. <laughs> Where'd you go this weekend? We went to Oxbow Lake. Um, got to clean the kayak up. Got everything taken care of. The lake's really turned over. A lot of uh, moss on it. Yeah. Cold water this weekend, wasn't it? Oh, 40 degrees. Wow. So, uh, did you catch any biggins? No, didn't catch any biggins, but we had fun. Oh, nice, man. So, uh, getting into your fishing, man. Um, I know you told me that you've done mass uh, seminars and uh, done talks at Bass Pro Shops. Um, what basically do you talk about in these seminars? We, I talk about everything from kayak safety to uh mm. places to go to catch fish um i go over maps i've done seminars about uh, uh the kayaks themselves wow what kind of kayak are you in i'm in a hobie pa 14 well i knew being strictly sale team member you'd be in a hobie <laughs> oh yeah yeah boy. i wouldn't have it any other way man they're awesome yeah, they are awesome kayaks, that is for sure, man. Um, how long have you been in them? Um, I've had my original one was 2017. Oh, wow. Before oh, that, I had a uh, Wilderness Systems Attack 140. Oh, how did you like that? Um, it Very stable kayak, but mm. the, whole, the whole paddling thing is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> It's Man. much easier to get around the lake when you can pedal and uh, have a really fish in your hand. It's really hard to fish when when you've got a paddle in your hands. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, um, I know you have a um, bait company, too, Mike's RX. Um, Mike'sRxBaits.com. That's, it's my buddy's uh, uh, tackle store, actually. Uh, how did you get into uh, get into the business with them? Um, Mike is a really good friend of mine, and we have a lot of mutual friends. Mm. And um, you know, through meetings and talking and everything, we we uh, just became really good friends. What kind of lures do you do you guys sell? Um, everything from mega bass down to um, spy baits to. You know, everything, basically, we've got everything covered. Did you do any terminal tackle? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got some. Um, they can go to www.mikesrxbaits.com. Okay. And there's a store there, and they can see it all. And that's where they can get my tube bait. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd like to try them sometime, man. Um, so how long you been doing that? I've been doing that since... Oh, gosh, 15 years. Oh, wow. So you guys have been around for a while. It's yeah. pretty established. Yeah, he had a he had a brick and mortar, a brick and mortar store to start with. Um, he was also a pharmacy and he decided to uh, close the pharmacy sell out. And now he just does it online. So that's where the RX comes from. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You can get your tackle and your Viagra all in one shop. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. How long have you been on the Strictly Sale team? Uh, it's been like a year and a half. Okay. Nice, man. Yeah, the Tasties are great people. Yeah, uh, they're awesome. I I got nothing but great things to say about them. They, from the top down, they've been stand up. I mean, great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have an event this weekend. Some seminars going on. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, sixteenth is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, everybody definitely check that out. So how long have you been fishing? I've been I grew up on a lake. So I I started fishing early in life. That's wow. That's all I did when I was a kid growing up. Do you ever do any tournament fishing? Um when I started tournament fishing was was um early 90s and we did you know a lot of club events and stuff like that mm-hmm. in the bass boat world, of course. Yeah. And then um, um, just grew up through that, through the ranks of that, bought boats and had fun, caught a lot of fish. Oh, nice. So you come from a bass boat and you come from, and you, uh, I'm sorry, you come from the bass boat and now you're in a Hobie. So what made you switch? Um, several different things, everything from. You know, the people that I go out with would think my kayak or my uh, boat would run on thanks to um, just the whole everybody crying at the boat ramp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when when you beat people con- consistent, consistently, they, they tend to, you know, cry at the ramp. <laughs> so the whole community you didn't like, oh, basically, yeah. the tournament it, community in the bass boat world. Yeah, it's nothing like the kayak world. In the kayak world, <coughs> they'll come up and shake your hand and tell you thank you. You know what I'm oh, saying? Man. And say, you know, what'd you do? You know? That's How'd a great you- community. Right. Where in the bass boat world, everybody is so strung up, the next Kevin Van Dam, you know, the next, you know, whoever's the next greatest, you know, bass fisherman. That's what everybody's trying to be. And, and they tend to forget that that you really should share information and help yeah grow the sport they don't care about that as long as they're happy that's all that matters yeah i've heard a lot of things about that with the bass boat world uh yeah uh, there's a lot of um i'm trying to think of a nice word to say there's a lot of jerks <laughs> right right um I, I mean, there is in the kayaking world too but it's just anything, you know, you're going to have jerks, you're going to have nice people, but I noticed in the kayaking world, a lot of your fellow anglers and people that you're competing against 
are willing to help you out, especially yeah. if you're a new guy coming on the scene. Um, don't ever be intimidated by tournaments. We have a lot of new people that come and, you know, you might get skunked, but you'll have a good time. And uh, you might even win a raffle prize. Usually there's a lot of really good raffles and tournaments. And uh, you can win something that costs you more than your entry fee. You know, entry fees for most of our tournaments, like just like the Buckeye Trail, um, $35. You know, we have some tournaments that are $50, but that's rare. And that's usually the bigger tournaments. Um, There's so many events, like the online events, that are like $25, $35. It's really affordable. I know Cincinnati Kayak Fishing is, does a trail, too. That's the Tacy's Trail. And they're usually about $35. Um, so they're really affordable, and it's really really a fun time, man. And yeah. um, so getting into the kayak world, man, how did you, uh, I know you mentioned your friend with Kurt, your friend with Mike McKinstry. Like, how did you start meeting these guys? Um, fishing. Just fishing. I met Kurt. I met Kurt at Strictly Sail. Okay. Open house. Yeah. And I started talking to him and I showed him some pictures of some smallmouth. And I said, Hey bro, why don't you come out and fish with me? Yeah. He's like, he's like, dude, I don't know, man. You know, a lot of people say, come up and fish. I'm like, dude, just come on up, fish with me. We'll catch fish. He's, he hauled around, he hauled around all winter long. You know, I'd send him a message, say, come fish with me, come fish with me. Finally, he says, okay, I'll come fishing with you. So we showed up there late. It was, um, we had like six hours to fish, right? Mm-hmm. And um, him and I proceeded to put on a clinic. We caught more smallmouth, big smallmouth, 18 to 20 inches wow. than, than anybody around us. Even the bass boat guys were circling us, wondering what the hell we're doing. Uh-huh. We, caught, we would move to another area. And light them up over there, and they would the bass boaters would follow us. It was it was the craziest day. We we caught a hundred fish. We had a blast. I mean, we had a blast. And ever since then, Kurt and I have been really really good friends. And I, I love him to death. Him and I talk all the time. Oh wow, that's cool, man. How'd you meet Mike? Um, Mike, I met Mike up at uh, Lake St. Clair as well. Mm. Um, so you fish we St. Clair up, quite a bit then. Oh yeah. St. Clair is the only place I love. That place is, Oh man, is it beautiful? If I you've never like, been there, go. That's definitely one of my uh, bucket list lakes this year. Go. <clears throat> I've seen on your profile on your Facebook profile, you guys can check them out on Facebook, Sean Boggs, uh, man, he's holding some big smallmouth bass. I mean, you, some you monsters. Did. You need to you need to come up. I will I will let you know. I'm doing the Hobie BOS in Erie, Pennsylvania, mm. on the 16th and 17th of May, and then I'm hitting it. Then I'm on St. Clair the whole time. So if you if you decide you have some free time and you want to go, yeah, I'll extend my arm. You come on. You fish with me. We'll catch them. Man, that'd be great. We'll definitely do that. Uh, let's make it a thing, man. We'll do that. Um, yeah, I, what do you typically throw out there at St. Clair? My tube bait. Your tubes? <laughs> what yeah, kind of my, tubes are you using? My tubes. Bog's gold. Right gold, here. Gold color. What colors do you typically use at St. Clair? 
Um, I use everything natural unless unless I'm unless I'm going for um, a reaction bite. Mm-hmm. I'll go to chartreuse and white, or I'll go to something with chartreuse. A lot of crankbaits, I'll use chartreuse on my crankbaits, stuff like that. But mostly it's um, it's more natural colors if I'm actually trying to fish. What hook are you pairing up with that tube? Um, I use a VMC, a 4 out VMC light wire hook. Okay. I know you mentioned before um, offline that um, you made your own hooks for tubes, your tube jigs? Yeah, I make my own tube jigs. I make my own spinner baits. I make my own jigs. I make everything myself. That way I have total control over the quality of the product. That's awesome. What kind of tube jigs do you make? Um, I make a tube jig called an aspirin head. Yeah, you were showing me that off camera. Yeah, yeah. it works very well. It works very, very well. I know there's a lot of weight at the tip, and it looks like your jig, um, well, your tube, kind of the back part of it kind of sticks up in the water. The tails, yeah. The tail part of it sticks up in the water. Um, That's pretty impressive, man. Uh, What's your biggest smallmouth on on a tube? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what uh, the majority of the pictures that are on my Facebook page are on my tube. Oh, wow. What was your biggest smallmouth on a tube? Uh, seven pounds, four ounces. Oh, wow. Was that St. Clair? No, that was Lake Erie. Oh, wow. So you fished Lake Erie quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have came yeah. up fished East Harbor with us this year. <laughs> well, I'm doing it. I'm doing it this next year here. Yeah. It should be fun. Yeah. Everybody that fishes East Harbor, that loves East Harbor, should be really happy with the Buckeye Trail. Um <clears throat> schedule this year i can't give away a whole bunch but um that's a favorite from everybody in our trail and uh, yeah. we all really enjoy it and uh, i the first time i ever went up there and fished it was um this past july when we did the uh the um kbf event with the uh, mayo and the buckeye trail and man it was just a blast i need to go up there and fish here anymore yeah i um i love it i fish I fish all the Great Lakes, but um, St. Clair, Detroit River, and Lake Erie are the three that I, I absolutely love to fish. I wouldn't, uh, to me, there's nowhere else I need to fish. Well, yeah, that's one of the best fisheries in the state. So <laughs> I, mean, it's, I don't blame it's, you there. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy good. It's not even, it's not even sort of good. It's 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 knocked out crazy good. Wow. I love it. I I um I fish a lot. Um as soon as that water temperature gets around 50, I'm I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm I'm clamoring. I'm ready to go. Well, wow, so you're good at cold water fishing. Oh yeah. Cold deep water. Um I did the the smallmouth tournament for uh Buckeye. The weekend oh, okay. deal Oh, the um, the eighteen hour. Yeah. Or yeah. Twelve hour. Whatever, whatever it was, the over the weekend deal, the holiday weekend deal. How'd you do on that? Third. I didn't really. I just fished okay. one little lake. I didn't. I fished an inland lake. I didn't. You know. I didn't go anywhere spectacular. I just. You know. <laughs> 
Well, congratulations, man. Um, yeah. That's a pretty yeah. good job, man. Anytime you're coming in top 10, top 5, that's a big accomplishment because you're fishing against a lot of great anglers. I, uh, I think Wayne beat me out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I owe Wayne. Wayne, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, man. He was on fire this year in all our events, man. He was getting big fish, and uh, he won for a few of them. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what we see out of Wayne next year, this 2020 season. Yeah, I'm looking to get up there and fish with him. That's for sure. Yeah, you guys don't live too far off. He lives. He's up around Erie. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a little east of me, but you know him and I him and I need to get together and fish. It'll be fun. We just did a Buckeye kayak fishing uh, podcast with Wayne. I don't yeah. know if you heard that. I uh, it's called um, Talking Big Bass with Wayne Schnack. And uh, that was a pretty good episode. Uh, we got a lot of good information out of Wayne and kind of got some of his secrets out of him. <laughs> so. Yeah, everybody, you know, every, everybody wonders, like, you know, where where do you go and catch smallmouth at, you know? Mm. And, and I can honestly tell you that the best place for a beginner, a beginner kayaker that wants to catch smallmouth, any reservoir, any upland reservoir mm. in Ohio, has smallmouth that every one of them does so so it doesn't matter where you're you know what part of the of the state you're at if there's an upland reservoir it's been stocked with walleye or saw guy catfish and smallmouth oh wow i had a whole lot of experience fishing reservoirs i know some of them are, are private it's hard to it's really hard to um, uh, to fish them because they fish more like a bowl. Mm. Not a lot of cover. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm telling you, it, it's it's just like fishing at St. Clair. St. Clair's a bowl. Yeah, that's what Kurt was telling us. Yeah, St. Clair's only 11, 11. The average depth of St. Clair is 11 feet, you know? I mean, it's it's like 275,000 acres, and the average depth is 11 feet. Wow. So it's 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 the best smallmouth fishing in the world, or bass fishing. You can be out there in, you know, prime smallmouth area, catching smallmouth after smallmouth, and then all of a sudden you hook into a five-pound largemouth. Wow. Like, what in the world are you doing out here? You know, you're... A, you know, you're way offshore and you're wondering what in the world's going on. So you're fishing some of these reservoirs and like St. Clair, where it's basically just a big bowl. Um, how do you dissect the water and find the fish in a big area like that? The very first thing that I always do is I look for any structure or any serious depth change mm. offshore. That's the very first thing I do. I look at maps. I study everything. I've got a million maps. Yeah, that's that's something I've always got into. I bought all the Sportsman Connection maps. I've got all the maps on my phone. I use Google Earth Pro. I mean, I do everything I can to know every bit of information about a body of water. Oh, wow. Research everything. So if I'm going to go fish it, you can believe I know where something's at. Yeah. Wow, do you use Navionics? Um, I actually use Lake Master. Okay. And and I'll tell you why. I, I've got 
Navionics as well. And the Lake Master maps, with what you can do with them, uh, being able to change the depths based on the water height, you know, whether you got high water or low water, being able to dissect things so much faster, you know, I mean, it's, it can't be beat. It, wow. it cannot be beat. Definitely have to check that one out. Yeah, I use a, I use a mega unit. I've got a Hummingbird Mega, and it, it is the most incredible thing. When you've got it dialed in correctly, the detail. I mean, I'm, I'm going through Oxbow today, and I'm showing my buddy that's got a LaRanche unit, the, the bluegill beds. And he was in shock. He was like, I don't see them on mine. And I'm like, well, that's because you don't have a mega unit. Yeah. So, I mean, it works so well. I know our last episode uh, was um, Fish Finders for Dummies with Kurt Smith. Yeah. We talked quite a bit about the hummingbird um, units. Yeah. I wouldn't have anything but. I know. I just have the normal Helix, like the Helix 5 which is yeah. you know kind of their lower end fish finder, but uh, yeah, mine don't have the side imaging. I have chirp sonar and down imaging, but I could see quite a bit with that. I like it down imaging quite a bit. There's um, I have some pictures on my Facebook page I think from my uh, fish finder, um, and it, it's pretty impressive the stuff you can see. Oh wow, man! So we'll go into a commercial break here, and we'll be All back right. with Don Boggs. And here is a word from our sponsors, Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio. They're known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They've been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taken the fishing world by storm. You can check them out at VenomLures.com. Our next one is Strictly Sale. It's located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Phil Freeze, Three Waters, uh, Johnny Boats, and they've been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or you can check them out at StrictlySaleInc.com. We have American Tackle, baby, the inventors of the microwave line guide system. Great company, run by a great guy, Austin Todd. Definitely definitely check them out. Their fishing rods are far superior. And then lastly, Fishing Real Fishing Company. They help make the logo of the Yak Legion. Great company. Check them out at realfishingco.com. And we are back. So how's it going, man? Um... I know that fish finders come in handy, especially when you're at St. Clair, when you're at a big reservoir, when there's no bank structure, it's a big bowl. And, you know, without a fish finder, you can't see what's underwater. And uh, they really come in handy, man. Uh, I'm used, learning to use mine, and um, I've really utilized mine this year and learned a lot more than I have. And uh, it's really come in handy, man. It's, it's, it's found, uh, found me some fish. And I definitely look forward to using it more this coming year. So uh, we'll get into this game I play. And I was talking about tubes earlier. kind of got me thinking about a scenario for you. We do the fishing scenario game. And so the first one would be 
if you could not ever use a jig at St. Clair, no jigs at all the whole weekend of fishing, and you're up there for maybe a three-day weekend to fish it, uh, say you're out there in late spring, maybe May, when it starts heating up, what are you going to throw? Right here. Spy bait. <laughs> Spy bait? That's a jerk bait? It's a, it's actually, it's a, it's a, called a spin bait 90. It's okay. like dual realis. Um, not a, not a sponsored thing or anything. I, I buy them just like everybody yeah. else. But, um, this little bait right here has put more big fish in the boat for a lot of people than any other bait. I mean, this thing, if you've never got into spy baiting, yeah. learn the technique and do it because it is incredible. Wow. We'll have to check that out, man. Any tips for people getting into it for the first time? Slow, slow, slow. It's There's nothing fast about it. You cast it out. You let it slowly fall as deep as you want it to go. Yeah. And then you very slowly reel it. When one hits it, it's like a freight train hit it. Wow. It's going to... It's, it's going to it's going to let let me just put it to you like this. It, it's gonna scare you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is so much it, fun. Do you use it a lot in cold water? Um, you can use it year round. Wow. Um, it really accelerates in summertime when they're really going after forage. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, man. So here's my second question. Say you're at Lake Saint Clair and the water's cooling down in the fall cools down about 50 degrees um how are you going to fish the lake how are you going to find the bass and how are you fishing the lake for first thing i'm going to do is is i'm going to look for any kind of weeds mm. um i'm going to use a jerk bait something that i can actually work a little bit faster jerk oh, bait or jerk bait and and work areas any kind of structure at all Oh, nice, man. Well, that's awesome. So here's my third one. That was just kind of goofy. Say you get invited down to Louisiana to fish for redfish. What would you bring with you on your trip? And what would you throw for redfish? I, I For me personally, I, I would throw a swim bait. Swim bait for him? I, I, swim I, bait. I love, I love the swim bait bite. I'm all about it. So let's make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they catch them all, all kinds of stuff down there. Uh, yeah. I know it looks interesting. I'd like to try it one day. This redfish look pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's it looks like something that I've just got to do. That's a bucket list for me. Have you ever done any saltwater fishing? No. Man, no. me neither. I hadn't done a whole lot. I think I brought a fishing pole with me to Hilton Head Island when I was a kid one time, and I don't think I caught anything. But um, <laughs> it was fun. I was just a little kid. I didn't know what I was doing, but... Uh, that's the only time I've ever been to the ocean, believe it or not. I hadn't been, never seen the ocean since I was uh, 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. I got to see it. And uh, I've been stuck here in Ohio. And it seems like I could go Alabama, Tennessee, West Virginia, but I never go to the ocean. <laughs> so, so, yeah. you, um, have you ever fished uh, Stonewall Jackson State Park? No. Where's that at? In West Virginia. No, I've never been there. Man, you better get yourself together and go there and fish. It's awesome. I've caught a lot of big fish in, in uh, Stonewall Jackson. 
Wow, the state park there in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right by uh, right by West in West Virginia, I do believe. Okay. Like right in the middle of the state. Well, heck the yeah, man. Forest and all that, I think, is right yeah. there. Yeah, I grew up in Wayne National Forest outside of uh, Withersburg, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, right there where Ironton. I think it runs from Willersburg there to Ironton. Right. Uh, pretty cool area. We have a small bear population, small boar population. It's a pretty unique area in Ohio. <clears throat> so getting into some of the – we're transitioning now into wintertime. I know, man, it's getting so cold, and this is the time of year that I really struggle for bass. It seems like the lakes completely turn off, ponds completely turn off first. Um, there's a lot of success on the rivers and stuff, but, um, so what kind of fishing are you doing this time of year and how do you, um, obtain success? Um, I, I try to fish slow if I can, or I look for structure offshore and I'll use a blade bait or something like that. Targeting deeper water, deeper structure. It depends on the species in which I'm fishing too. If it's largemouth, you know, I'll fish a little slower, if it's smallmouth, I'll I'll go and and find them offshore and and vertical jig them with a with a blade bait mm. or a tube bait, something like that. What do you typically fish for besides bass? Um, bass. That's just bass guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I catch everything else, yeah. but I I I don't fish for them on purpose. Gotcha. So you've been a bass addict your whole life then. <laughs> yeah. Big time. I'm addicted. I've got a whole room full of toys. Well, what kind of toys you got? Um, kind of rods and reels. What brand rod rod and reels do you use? Um, I've got everything. Um, yeah. I've got everything from St. Croix to G. Loomis to Dobbins to Bass Pro Shops to Abu Garcia to Fenwick to Falcon. I, wow. I've got everything. I, I don't believe I don't believe that one brand serves the main purpose. I've yet to find I've yet to find the same tube rod from a manufacturer that I like their crankbait rod or their mm. or you know or, or their flipping stick. I I have to have a a multitude of things. Yeah. You know, well, I, I I like I like having Everything, like I said, I, I make my own baits. I make everything. I like to have everything perfect. What tube rods do you use? I use Dobbins 702s oh. and okay. 703s. What reel do you typically pair with it? Um, I usually put an Abu Garcia rocket. Okay. Um, I like being able to burn it right in. I, I, I mean there's nothing better than being able to pull that up real quick and getting it back out there. Okay. Gotcha. And then the kayak, those, those fish move so fast in a kayak with a rocket, I can burn it right up, flip him in the kayak, take him off. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people panic when they put them fish on the board, you know, (laughs) they're like holding it down for, you know, mercy, you know, but a small mouth, if, if you just rubber belly a little bit, I know that sounds funny, but if you rub a small mouse belly a little bit, maybe maybe talk to it a little bit, it'll relax. 
<laughs> if you look at all the pictures of me taking fish picks with the with the fish on the board, my yeah. hand's not on them. Yeah. The smallmouth, my hand's not even on them. I'm just taking pictures. Uh, it doesn't, you know, if you just relax them a little bit first, they're fine. Have you ever heard of smallmouth purr? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, tell, I told uh, Bert, Bert came out and fished with me a little bit. And uh, he's another Strictly Sail and Hobie uh, uh, pro staff member. Oh, yeah. And awesome. he came up and fished with me. And uh, I was telling him, I said, just, you know, just tickle its belly and, you know, just rub its belly a little bit and it'll be good. It'll relax. He did it and it relaxed. And he was like, wow, it worked. <laughs> you, you just got to slow down, take it easy, rub her belly a little bit, let her know you're, she's going to be okay, and she'll relax. Wow. <laughs> That's a little I trick, man. I, I got a I've I've caught a 22 and a half inch smallmouth on St. Clair last year. Wow. And I got a picture of me having it on the board without my hand being on it because I was rubbing her belly. Oh, I rubbed wow. her belly, took a picture of <laughs> without my hand on it. That's hilarious, man. I started using a net and I'll just keep them in the net for maybe yeah. maybe two or three minutes and I'll swim around in the net and they'll just once they cool down a little bit and calm down, then you get them on the board, they usually don't flop off. So, but, so now you're going to be rubbing the fish's belly, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make that small mouth purr, baby. That's funny. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It works every time. You're going to be like, wow, it does work. Like my boy cat outside, I'll scratch behind his ears, man. He'll start purring. I'm going to try out the small mouth. <laughs> I, I got to find a tear first. <laughs> right, right, right between right between its fins, man, It just on its belly, it just just rubber right there and you know say look baby i'll let you go uh, you know and i see a, a facebook video and it was some guy caught a white uh white bass and uh he was petting it when he put it down into the water well that white bass would turn right around and go back into that guy's hand want more <laughs> it was funny i seen that too, seen that too. when uh, you know talking smallmouth okay mm. in these deep clear waters like lake st Clair. Lake Erie, stuff like that. When when the fishing is really, really tough, more St. Clair than anywhere because of the average depth. But, you know, your fish finder, the ping from your fish finder, um, your trolling motor, um, any kind of banging around, those fish know that and, mm. and they're gone. They're, they're gone. You can't, the, the whole school will move. Yeah. You could be on a school of a hundred of them, and that entire school will just go zoom, gone, because they're so in tune with what's going on around them that any kind of odd noise, they'll they'll leave. They'll leave. So do you typically turn your fish finder off? Yep. I go to my area that I'm gonna fish. I shut it off, and I catch fish. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're talking summertime. In the spring, during the spawn, it doesn't matter. They're they're gonna they're gonna be there. They gotta protect their area. They gotta do their thing. See, so I was talking to Trevor Fry uh, last spring, and he mentioned that that he turned his fish finder off when he was out there fishing because the chirp, uh, the ringing on uh, the fish finder, like the fish can actually hear that. Yep. Yep. 
same with the same with your trolling motor yeah. same with any 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 kind of banging around or anything you know smallmouth are notorious for being here today gone tomorrow mm-hmm. so when when you're looking at at you know catching fish if you catch the wrong fish like let's say you catch like the leader of the group that whole group is gone as soon as you release that that leader leaves they all leave yeah and, and you can't pinpoint which one you're going to catch. That's why they call it here today, gone tomorrow, because some things go. I mean, they're gone. And and it's funny listening to even the FLW and BASS pros talk about, you know, how how elusive they are. They they just up and disappear. Mm-hmm. And it and it you know it makes you scratch your head and wonder what's going on. <laughs> you know. Um, you know, up north, a lot of tube baits are used. Mm-hmm. Down south, like Dale Hollow, it's more hair jigs, stuff like that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you know, other than the goby factor, I mean, what else, you know, why else? I don't think Dale Hollow has gobies or anything. I don't think so. I'm not, actually, a lot of lakes in, in southern Ohio don't have any gobies. Uh, that's more of a northern thing. Right. I don't think uh, I've ever used any kind of goby uh, lure or pile plastic or anything like that. Right. I um, you know, a lot of people get get messed up with the mayfly hatch. You know, when the mayfly hatch happens in June, mm. which doesn't make any sense why we don't call them June flies. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> in, in in June when they hatch, um. It, it really fires them up. It it turns them into uh, eating machines. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Like, it's like right after the spawn, they're ready to eat and gorge themselves and ready for the summer. You know. Yeah. Like their and last mayfly hatches are crazy. Like they pick them up on the Doppler radar up there. Oh yeah, yeah, it's nuts. But the fishing is fantastic. If you've never been up during the mayfly hatch, I suggest you do. Because you can catch them on top water. You can catch a five-pounder on a top water lure or a 20-inch or 20-plus inch fish on a top water lure. Something that you wouldn't suspect you could catch them on. And all of a sudden, man, you got one on. And it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So say you're using your maps and uh, you go into St. Clair. How do you figure out where the bass are for what time of year you're fishing and where they're at on those lakes? In the summertime or the warmer months after the spawn. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking for any kind of offshore structure at all. Mm -hmm. Whether it be boulders, whether it be a ridgeline, whether it be a truck cap. Remember, we are talking Detroit. (laughs) <laughs> I've caught them off American flag. I've caught them off of a lawn chair. I've caught them off of um, any kind of structure. Yeah. That's what I look for. I How don't far offshore. I have been, it, I have been totally across the border. Every inch of that lake I've been on at one time in my life or, or another. Mm-hmm. The Indian Reservation, which is totally on the other side. I've been everywhere. Oh, wow. And and fishing with the people that I've been blessed to fish with, you know, all the greats that that have been out there on the Great Lakes, it's amazing. 
and they've helped me so much. And if I can pass on a little bit of information and help the next generation, I, I enjoy doing that. That's something I've always enjoyed doing. That's why I got into seminars. That's why I got into talking to people. Mm-hmm. That's why I got into doing what I do. You know, if you see me on the water and you come up to me and you say, I'm struggling, man, I can't figure this out. Right. First thing I'm going to do is help you. That's good of you. <laughs> because I, I, I feel like it's my civic duty because somebody helped me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, somebody showed me what I needed to know. That's a good attitude, man. So, and a lot of kayakers in this community have that attitude, man. We're all willing to help. Now, when you get into competitive side, a lot of people do like to tend to, they tend to like to keep their secrets, and you can't really blame them because they're being competitive. But they're still willing to help you out and try to get you on some fish. Right, right, and that, and that's the same with me. But mm-hmm. if you catch me before or after the event. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you say, man, I struggled today. I can't, you know. I, I'll be more than glad to say, hey, follow me over to my yak. I'll show you what I was using. You yeah. know, I'll show you. I'll I'll give you some. You know, we can talk about it. I've always been that type of person where, you know, my life's an open book. I try to help everybody. Yeah. So I that's a blessing and a curse, I guess. But. But it's it's to me it it's fun, you know. Wow. So getting back to the question earlier though, um, breaking down these lakes. So you went into summer. Like, what are you changing up in the fall um, as the I'm, nights get colder? What are you changing up in the winter? When they start when they start moving, when they're out in summer, they're out in a little deeper water. They're going to transition and start moving inward again. Yeah. Okay. Need. So basically, I'm looking for schools of bait. I'm looking for, you know, the same type of cover, but only closer. You yeah. know, if I, if I was catching them on weeds, they're going to, the weed beds generally run towards shore in Lake St. Clair. I don't know why, but they generally run towards shore. So if you got it, if you got them, you know, cut in towards shore, you just follow it in. Wow. So I mean, that lake is... That lake is amazing. That lake, there's more to learn about that Lake St. Clair. I mean, and there's some really, I mean, some of the best bass fishermen I've ever met in my entire life yeah. live right there and fish that every day. Wow. It's a lot of, that'd be awesome to live up there. I know, I've heard a lot of great things about it. Yeah, that there's nowhere I would rather live. I mean, I'll deal with the hard winters. Just because I know the spring and the summer and the fall are going to be spectacular. Yeah, that's the one thing I wouldn't like about living up north, man. You guys have some nasty snow compared to us down here in the south. Either in southern Ohio, we can have some nasty winters, but nowhere near as bad as you guys. <laughs> yeah, they're talking two to four inches tomorrow. Yeah, we're supposed to get one to two tomorrow uh, Tomorrow here in Cincinnati. So oh, that's man. Yeah, so, you... When when you if you when you come up, I'm gonna say when you come up. Oh, I'll be up there. <laughs> it's about it's about safety. It's about mm-hmm. knowing what's what's in front of you. It's paying attention to the wind. It's making sure people know where you're at. It's 
doing the right things mm-hmm. because because people people drowned. Okay, we're talking about you know two hundred seventy five thousand acres. We're talking about something small. We're talking about something that you know nine foot waves are very possible. You know, so you really have to pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. Especially so being out there on a kayak, man. Right. Don't don't just jump in your kayak, and then you've got boat safety too. Make sure that that the boaters can see you. Make sure you have your flag. You oh, know, do the yeah. right things, and you'll be safe. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people just think, oh, it's Lake St. Clair. It's like anywhere else. I just go there. Yeah. You know, and then and then they're either stuck in a channel somewhere, or you know, because they haven't done their research. They don't know that there's all up and down the entire west side. There's boat ramps everywhere. Oh wow. So there's somewhere you can get out of the wind just about. Yeah. Unless it's an east wind. And east winds are far and few between up in uh, in the spring. So you're good. Well, you know what they say, if uh, winds from the west, fish bite the best. Winds from the east, fish bite the least. <laughs> That's right. That is what they say. Yeah. I wonder if there's any truth to some of those old sayings, you know. Somebody made them up for a reason, I'm telling you. Yeah. So before we end it tonight, man, I usually ask all our guests, man, what's a crazy fit kayak fishing story you got? And that could be something scary, something funny, maybe one of your trips with Mike McKinstry or um, I know you went into your trip earlier with uh, Kurt Smith. I um, um, I literally bent over to grab a fish and leaned over too far and turtled my kayak, not my PA. My uh, my wilderness systems attack 140. <laughs> oh wow. Yep, yep. I leaned over too far. A wave caught me just right and flipped me right over. Where was, was that? St. Clair. Yep, yep. Oh man, how did you save that? Um, I, luckily I was I'm close to shore, so I'm good there. But um, got in, um, got my clothes changed because I always bring extra change of clothes in my car. Changed my clothes in the parking lot. <laughs> um, you know, I've slid down a dock. I've slid down a boat ramp. And oh, I've done that before. I did that this year at Rocky Fork. End up, end up chest deep in the water, you know. And, yeah. and I always keep extra clothes in my car. I've done it all. And luckily for me, I'm a minimalist. I don't bring a lot of tackle. You'll see, you know, people with all the crates and the 40 rods and everything. I don't... I keep everything to a minimum when I'm on St. Clair. Wow. How many rods do you typically bring? Three. Three. That's about where I'm at, man. I go three or four. Uh, I'm not really against tying on something different, but usually I use three or four lures. If that don't work, then I'll try to tie something on. Usually three or four rods I'm fine with. Yeah. And I, I try to keep everything, you know, I, Everything put away. Everything's got its own place, so I don't. I don't tend to lose anything. If something was to happen, I would be okay. Gotcha, man. That's great. Do you have any sponsors or any shout-outs you want to give? Strictly Sale, oh, Hobie yeah. Fishing, um, Torquedo. You're on the Hobie team too. Yeah. Oh, nice. Pure Fishing, Pure fishing. Um, Mike's RX Baits. 
Awesome. Awesome. So how can people follow you on Facebook, on Instagram? Do you have an Instagram? Um, Hobie underscore Boggs is my, um, my Instagram. And then my Facebook is Sean Boggs. Wow. Check, check Sean out guys, man. He catches monster, small mouth, monster, freaking large mouth. And, uh, it's just something else. You know what? Speaking of bass, something's been on my mind here lately. Do you think that smallmouth bass is becoming the new largemouth bass? And when I say this, you know how popular, how largemouth bass has been the number one American fish for the last, uh, since the 70s, since the 60s, um, especially in the 90s and the 2000s and with the 80s and the 90s, it really exploded. Um, do you think smallmouth bass would ever overtake largemouth as the king of america no and i'll tell you why i think because there's so many great lakes that are that are uh largemouth yeah. and and the popularity of going there and catching a hundred pounds of of largemouth you know like lake fork down in texas yeah. um my buddy garrett partek he just he just eclipsed a hundred pounds and Bassmasters this year. Nice. Uh, I mean, it's amazing how many, how, how many big time lakes are out there for largemouth still. So I, I don't see it happening until we start getting over, you know, over the 30 pound sack for, for smallmouth, you know, the, the 23, 24 inch smallmouth on a regular basis, you know, mm. until we start seeing that, I don't see it happening. Yeah. It makes sense. I just noticed, man, the popularity of it. It's really grown, especially here in Cincinnati. It seems like river smallmouth fishing is probably one of the most popular uh, fishing sports in this area. And that's because it's easy. Well, yeah. Think about it. Everybody's gone to the reservoirs and the lakes and caught all the bass. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the next progression? You know what I'm saying? The next thing they're going to do is go after the smallmouth in the rivers because it's somewhere easy and they got access. Yeah. They can it. They can walk right down and catch them. That's true. But in Great Lakes, you know, uh, in our Great Lakes up here, we our fish move so much. Yeah. So so it's kind of like you know like oh yeah I'm on them real good and then the next day you go there and you're like where they go. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah so you know there's days where it's great and there's days where it's you know yeah i mean in the, in the spring like i said during the spawn or pre-spawn they're they're where they're gonna be everybody knows where they're gonna be at you know and and it's just a matter of finding the right school of them you know and mm -hmm. um but in the summertime those fish move so much yeah they, they post spawn, man. They're they're moving, they're moving and shaking. Wow! I remember we going out there on a perch charter one time, and um, the guy, the captain of the boat, finally went to finally stopped at the spot that they put a marker down for the last school that they were catching a perch, but that school had moved. So basically, he was kind of roaming around that area back and forth trying to find where that school was and he eventually did find them again and it seemed like they moved maybe i don't know maybe 
five, six, seven hundred yards in another direction. Right. And he just had that marker down. He knew there was somewhere in that area, and he just kind of did circles until we finally found that school. Yeah. And that was kind of interesting. Um, I imagine it'd be pretty hard if you have if you have a school of bass marked on one day and then come there the next day and you just right. can't find them. Um, Thank God for Torquedo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You How know, far do they typically move in a day? They'll, they'll move. I mean, generally they're just going to move. You know, maybe a hundred yards. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're just going to get away from whatever caused them to move. You know yeah. what I mean? So you'll but circle not, around and try to find yeah. them again. I do the exact same thing. Just like the perch captain did. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely a lot of different fishing in the river. Seems like down here they fish the holes, they fish the boulders, and they fish the ripples. And that's basically it. The, usually the bass are in one of those spots, but when you're on a big reservoir or the Great Lakes where there's hundreds and hundreds of miles of shoreline and countless amount of water, man, like how do you find those bass? I mean, it's definitely a lot harder. There's also a lot bigger bass up there in the Great Lakes too. Yeah, yeah the the best thing to do, if, if you're going to do it, do a lot of research. Use the internet. Use, you know, use your maps. Um, talk to people. And find out, you know, hey, what transition are they? Where's the water temperature at? You know, they don't need to give you the exact spot. But if I told you, hey, the water temperature is, you know, 54 degrees, well, you know that they're spawning. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to go very far offshore to catch them. No. no pretty so, interesting. I mean, do your homework. <laughs> I mean, right. If, if, you just, if you just do your research and yeah. check it out you it's easy to find them you know you're looking for flats you're looking for spawning areas mm. um, any kind of cover in close you know whether it be a rock pile or or anything that'll that'll hold them they'll be spawning right there i have a picture on my facebook page of a of an american flag underwater and on that american flag i caught a 5 pound smallmouth right on top of it why was there an American flag under the water? <laughs> it blew off a it blew off a boat or off a building or something. It was yeah. in the water on the ground in or in the bottom of the lake. And wow. I could see it plain as day. I took a picture of it standing up on the front of the boat with my cell phone. So the water was so clear you could actually see it yourself. Yep. Yeah. Five pound smallmouth off an American flag. Yep. Well, that's America right there, man. America. America. <laughs> <laughs> bass fish in America, baby. That's right. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, like I said, anything is structure. We're talking about Detroit, you know. I've seen, you know, the orange barrels. I've yeah. seen those on the bottom of the lake. Well, I've caught smallmouth off the orange. I look for anything that's in there that's covered, dude. If it's cover, I'm fishing it because well, them smallmouth are on it. Detroit, you're liable to find a dead body and catch a small mouth off of it. <laughs> I um when I fish when I fish the North Shore um of Lake Erie, a lot of times we'll put the the motor down all the way down on the boat and we would fish out the back of the boat right next to the motor. Yeah. Because the smallmouth will will be attracted to that motor because they're so they want to know what's going on. Yeah. So they get right to it. So all of a sudden there's, a, you know, a tube right in their face. They grab it real quick, you know, out of instinct. Oh, wow. 
and the motor brought them up. We've had great days where we did that. So why do you think that is? Why do you think that a motor running, like I've heard of that before so too, like putting it on idle. Not not running, just yeah. we just had the boat off or the motor off, but just having the motor back there and it hanging in that water column, it just attracted. Oh, I got you. I got you. So that's why, like any kind of thing in the water, whether it be an orange barrel, um, you know, a dead body, <laughs> it could be anything in the water column. There's going to be smallmouth around it. Oh wow! Some I remember I seen Rob Orr this summer. He saw a, a dead deer floating in the water. They started casting toward toward it and caught a smallmouth bass right off that dead deer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's structure, it's, you know. <laughs> right. It is structure. And a lot of people don't think that way, but it truly is. That's the way it is. Yeah. You know, with them smallmouth, that's what you're looking for. Anything that can be structure. Wow, man. Lots of good information tonight, man. Uh, when's your next seminar? Are you going to do another one anytime soon? or? Um, I'm hoping that I'll do one in the spring uh, of it strictly sale. Uh, I'm not doing one this time. I'll just be there helping uh, customers. And uh, they want to talk fishing. I'm, I'll be right there at strictly sale on the 16th. We can get together and talk about uh, fishing. Definitely, man. And I'll be out there, too. What time does that start for everybody? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. There's going to be donuts. Uh, 20% off of all accessories down there, all kayaking accessories. Yeah. All in-stock accessories. Um, some good deals on some uh, demo kayaks. Yeah. So if you're in the mood for a kayak and you you know feel like it's the right time to buy a Hobie, come in and talk to Brian. Um, you know he'll he'll work with you. He'll help you out. We got financing available. We got all kinds of things. So definitely, man. Hope to see y'all out there, everybody listening. And I appreciate you coming on tonight, Sean. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, maybe we'll have you on here again. You're definitely a fun guy to talk to. Very knowledgeable fisherman. And uh, glad I got to pick your brain tonight, man. And I look forward to meeting up with you this weekend. We'll sit around there at Tacy's and uh, we'll talk fishing. <laughs> Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And yeah. God bless. Yep. Everybody have a good morning, a good night, and a good afternoon.